TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Badlands Podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and is proudly part of the Chair Shop Media Group and on Smart to Death Radio. I am a very balmy and sweaty mags here in uh, the north of England where we're having absolutely disgustingly hot weather, uh, but my co-host has now made it six episodes in a row. He's fought this COVID battle and won. Mr. Paul Tully, how are you? Like you, I'm sweating cobs. I, I, I don't know if it's because of the heat, though, or, or because these are these terrible topics we're being given every week. Yeah. Well, this will be two in a row that has been absolutely brutal, especially for you with the with the Marvel one from last week. Uh, they're not terrible, but, really. They're fun. I, I'm enjoying them. Yeah. Uh, but let's introduce uh, uh, the the guest, and it's a guest that I've, well we organised to have on a long, long while ago, but COVID hit and it kind of ruined uh, the, the the show that uh, these guys over at Synergy were putting on. But he's, uh, these guys have, have beat COVID down to a pulp, so I am uh, I'm honoured to, to introduce Mr. Colin West from Synergy Pro Wrestling. Colin, how are you? Are you sure you don't have a fever? Because honor is an <laughs> honor is an oversell, my friend. Absolutely. So hang on one second. I don't know if they can see me, but you guys can see me. So I'll just make sure that we're all uh, we're all properly masked up. That's what we like sure. to see. Fantastic. <laughs> all right. So we're taking taking things seriously here. Does the Are droplets like the- travel like three thousand miles across the across the ocean? <laughs> I don't know. Look, at this point, I'm in uh, I'm in New Jersey. It was an epicenter of this. I don't know what it can do at this I think, point. I, I think, think America in general is an epicenter. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I think that's just. But no, I don't epicenter. know. If that, are you recording audio or just video? Or no, video. We- we're, we're recording, it records as an audio, a video file, but we don't put the video out. Okay, good, because I look like the worst cosplay of Sub-Zero <laughs> of all time. It's, it's terrible, I'm taking this off. The visual gag did not work, we're going to put it over there. But no, it's, it's really, really good to be on, Mags. It's been a long, long time. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I, it, was, it was absolutely true what I was saying. You guys over at, at Synergy have... Uh, have really kicked COVID's ass. You've brought some amazingly fun shows. Uh, mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's so cool to have, have live wrestling back. Uh, I've been a, a fan for the past year or so. I think it was Queenie uh, of NE that actually introduced me into, into Synergy. And then I got talking with uh, Tiffany about it. And there's like, there's, we've got like this little, little family surrounded by Synergy. And it's, uh, it's just cool to see you come back. Uh, we, were, we actually organised uh, to have you on to kind of push the the uh, the autism show, which unfortunately didn't happen because COVID was absolutely a big ass bitch. Uh, True, <laughs> but but you've done amazing things in coming back, not only with uh, with the best of synergy, and then obviously the uh, the the show for for the first responders, and then the Garden State Invitational. Wow, what a day! What a tournament that was. But you've got a show coming up, haven't you? Um, in the in the next week or so, well, a week or so once this drops, uh, tell us about Heat Seekers. 
Yeah, Heat Seekers is uh, live on Fight TV the 29th of August. Uh, a lot of things come into a head. I like to kind of wait to name shows until I can kind of feel the vibe of what's going on. And I just feel like with the way that, you know, Matt McIntosh and LSG are kind of operating and kind of some things come into a boil here. And especially with uh, with Brandon Kirk being the number one contender to Frightmare, it just felt right to call the show you know, something around heat. We're going to be dead outside in the middle of August. At the end of August, it's going to be very hot. People are going to be uh, very irritated. And I feel like we are going to get people's worst intentions on Fight TV. So uh, it's definitely something that I'm excited for. We're putting on 10 matches for $9.99 US. So if you'd like to watch 10 matches for 99 cents a piece, this is your spot. And uh, we are thrilled I think it's one of the better cards top to bottom. And after the last two that we've put on, which I'm still in awe of what the what the boys and girls delivered, you know, what what the roster delivered on 7-Eleven and at the GSI. The GSI was special, wasn't it? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That- it's one of those moments where I sit back and, and less is I, I never think of myself as a promoter. And we'll get into at another time how I kind of I did not start as the promoter of this company. That wasn't my job. But so as as one of the boys, quote unquote, just to kind of sit back and be like, man, y'all are really y'all are really doing this right now, aren't you? It's 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 fun. It's like this proud dad moment. You know what I'm saying? So I was just I was as thrilled as anyone else to see it in real time. Yeah, and, and the promo that you dropped during the 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 GSR for the Frightmare and Brandon Kurt match, oh my god, it was almost like a miniature movie. So so good. Mm. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun filming these things and doing these things, and we just want to we want to prove that you don't have to go to one place to get good cinematic. You don't have to go to one place to get good intergender sometimes, or you don't have to go like. I just want to provide alternatives and I kind of want to change the narrative that indie wrestling is only good for two or three things. You know, there's a lot of really, really strong talent on the independence. You look, Anthony Green just made the semifinals of the GSI. Now he's going to NXT. Warhorse was on 7-Eleven and two weeks later he's on AEW Dynamite Wrestling Cody. I mean, these people are are so close, are so close. And especially with you know, evolve kind of being gone and places, high level places in the UK. And I'm serious, like the UK is such a pipeline for talent right now. It's unbelievable with so much live wrestling on hold. You've seen it over there firsthand, how just, especially with the pipeline to NXT UK, how close some of these independent guys are, Mm -hmm. you know, how close Pete Dunne was, Trent Seven was forever and how quality they were. And even guys who aren't on your TV every week lately, like, you know, like Joe Caught, you know, just all these guys that are so close. And that's kind of what we want to be, is we want to say, hey, listen, you're not going to get what you think of from an indie show at Synergy. So Heat Seekers is, uh, we got some cool things planned. It's outdoors, so I can do pyro. So we're doing pyro. Yes. That, that's awesome. I mean, we, we here at Badlands are uh, ardent New Japan fans and uh, two mm. guys who, who, have, uh, who have run the ropes at Synergy have, uh, have been um, been named to be doing some shows in, in New Japan, uh, Alex Zane and Blake Christian. That's um, absolutely amazing. 
And now I think now that the match has been announced, I can tell you the reason that they had to pull off of the 7-Eleven show mm-hmm. is because they were asked to go tape in California. Yeah, I remember was, you saying about those matches. There was a reason. And I couldn't couldn't say anything, but obviously uh, it hurt to not have them there. But when you find out that they have that kind of opportunity in front of them, it's just via con Dios. You just go. Love you guys. You're good human beings. I'm thrilled for you. Go. And I'm thrilled to see the content that they put out there. I really am. I'm excited for those two. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're interested in uh, the very best of of, uh, indie wrestling, definitely go on uh, TV and and book yourself uh, a showing of Heat Seekers because you won't regret it. Every synergy show that I've... uh, booked on on fire tv i've enjoyed every second of it it's just it's just great great fun thank you less than a dollar a match as well you can't you can't fault that can you no exactly (laughs) no wrestling should be fun that's all it is everything else is just kind of noise if you're not having fun what are you doing yeah exactly so colin you've never been on badlands before um so what we like to do is get the uh the guests to give us their Mount Rushmore of the greatest wrestlers of all time. So Mr. Tollier, the resident accountant, can uh, tot up the, the votes and we can come up with a definitive Mount Rushmore from, from basically the, the all of the guests and it, there could be no argument about who the best four are. So who are the four guys and gals who made it onto your Mount Rushmore and a little bit of a, a reasoning why each one made the cut? Okay, so uh, I could do the really prosaic thing and just give you four of the seven or eight people that everybody always tells you, and there'd be no fault in that. But I feel like a lot of people say those names because they're supposed to. Uh, And if this is going to be a composite, when you told me that you were putting together points, I'm like, okay, so if I go off off grid a little bit, I can just ensure that my favorites get some points here. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of very good wrestlers who need some need some backing. Yeah, so Captain Bill only had one vote. Unbelievable, wow. Sh- shocking. So I, I've kind of <laughs> agonized about this, and we're talking pro wrestling as a community or just pro wrestlers? Just That's the four wrestlers who mean the most to you in the wrestling business. Okay, okay, that's good framing. So I'll go with that. The four wrestlers who have meant the most to me, who I always dropped money and or will drop money to watch who got me more emotionally invested than anybody. Uh, So it's not necessarily maybe the four best or the four with the most championships. It's the four who really have always gotten me excited to watch a show. So we start with, uh, we start with the macho man. We start with Randy Savage all the time with me. He is the quintessential professional wrestler. He's a guy who could go anywhere on the card. He could work face. He could work heel. He told Over the course of five years, probably the best character arc, the best story with him and and Miss Elizabeth from the beginning to him, quote unquote, retiring and him holding the ropes open for her. And just it's the most beautiful wrestling story I've ever seen. And to commit to what basically overarching one angle for five years is so brilliant and so committed um, that it made me really fall in love with things. Uh, so Randy Savage is always, always, always my number one. Um, number two, I know. Okay, it's a little prosaic, but uh, there's a reason that people say Ric Flair over and over and over and over. Uh, I also go with these two because every time Randy Savage and Ric Flair wrestled, 
it was a it was a must see match for me. Mm-hmm. Those feuds, WWF, WCW, wherever they linked up, those matches were always perfect. Uh, I love them to death. Uh, the two of them just made wrestling very fun and very easy in an era where. For whatever reason, as a kid, I didn't link on to Hulk Hogan the way that people did. I didn't link on to the Ultimate Warrior the way that other people did. But I really linked on to Savage and I really hooked into Flair. So those two. Uh, The third is not necessarily, hey, this is the greatest wrestler of all time. He's up there, but it's the first wrestler that made me love pro wrestling as a child. And that's Bret Hart. I loved Bret Hart when I was a little kid. I wished I was the kid in the commercials that got the hitman shades that yelled down the corridor and say, hey, Bret! And as time has gone on, I'm sorry, Bret, I've become much more of a Sean guy. If we're, lo- if we're calling things that way, but I can't deny that Bret got me into wrestling. Bret was the the draw for me as a little kid, and I would have nothing to do with it without him. So those are three names maybe you hear from time to time. I'm going to go off book a little bit for the fourth. Uh, I went to college and I didn't fall out of love with wrestling, but it kind of became a back burner thing for me. It kind of became a thing that, okay, I have other things going on and my friends don't watch wrestling. So maybe I feel a little bit weird about it. Maybe I feel like uh, I'm supposed to not watch this right now. Because I'm an adult and I don't, I'm just blah, 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 blah. And then, uh, and then Edge cashed in Money in the Bank on John Cena. And I was back in. So say what you want. Is he in everybody's top four? Maybe, maybe not. But Edge made me refall in love with professional wrestling. Uh, so I agonized about that fourth spot. Uh, I considered a lot of guys. I considered Arn Anderson, who I love. I considered uh, Jericho. William Regal, I actually considered. I think he's just astounding, astonishingly good. And uh, and Eddie Guerrero almost made it also. Wow. But uh, no, I went with Edge just because what Edge has meant to me in terms of really falling back in love with the business. So Savage Flair, Hitman, and Edge are my four. Good pick. A lot of people have gone with, for their fourth pick, the person who got them back into wrestling, haven't they? Mm, yeah, it's been that's, a that's quite a common um, technique. Yeah, we, 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 uh, we mentioned on the show last week about how there's different kind of approaches to picking a Mount Rushmore. Some mm-hmm. people go with, like, per era. Some people go with the four biggest names. Some people go with the four people who, who really dragged them in. But we have seen a lot of people go for, for quite... Big names, and then the one person who, who really kind of like appealed to them emotionally. And yeah, you, you can't fault those picks. You really, really can't. Uh, it, that's the, the beauty and subjectivity of, of a Mount Rushmore is there's no real wrong answer. It's all about who connected with you. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's so. Uh, what I really was thinking about when I was putting it together, too, is in, if you really look at it in 10 years, there's a really good chance that if you ask somebody in my seat the answer to this question, that Mount Rushmore could be half women. And I think mm-hmm. that's awesome. And because right, be. now, right now, if if you really squarely look at the business, especially WWE, which is kind of what everybody watches first, whether you want to admit it or not, that company is being carried by women right now. And it's astonishing how good they are, even with Becky out on maternity. 
how mm-hmm. astonishingly good that women's division is. But when people like Naomi can't get television time, how good that division is. Yep. So, I mean, it would not surprise me if as we get older and the younger generation comes up, if Rick starts getting replaced by his own daughter on people's Mount Rushmore's or Sasha or Bailey, I'm not going to lie. I almost put, I almost put Lita on my four just because of how much Lita changed my perception of what women were in pro wrestling. Like when she came out the first time and I'm just like, what is this? Who is this? You know, but uh, I, I think it's really cool to see, where things are going and where things are evolving. And I would love if 10 years from now, my list just seemed completely obsolete or I had to change it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think um, looking at it objectively, you could make a case that the two best wrestlers in the world today are Io Shirai and Hikaru Shida. And Uh, uh, you wouldn't be wrong. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I think that Io Shirai is especially with this new this new reveal and her new look and persona and just uh, Io Shirai is as complete a performer as you get anywhere. Uh Shida is vastly underrated. Um vastly underrated. I think she's been an absolute rock for that division. An absolute rock for that division, but I think that you just get excited when you really think about who Io could work in the next couple of years. EO and, and Sasha or Bailey or even someone like um God, just to see her come up and work veterans, like watch EO work Natalia, I think would be special. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just um I I really love and it's part of the reason that we decided to do the women's GSI, which you and I will talk about on another show. <laughs> but it's time. Women in a if women are carrying the biggest promotion on earth, they really should be getting as much time as possible. I can't agree with you more. I absolutely can't agree with you more. Um, so pre-recording, we was having a, a little bit of a, of a chat, and uh, you revealed you're a massive lover of British panel game shows. So oh, I think my we sh- God. I think we should do a quick impromptu uh, couple of Mount Rushmore's. Uh, you'll have a Mount Rushmore, and me and Paul will come up with one of the best British game shows. So who would be on your Mount Rushmore? All right, well, I'm very comedy-based. A very comedy based. That's with my the best board. base to be. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I'm going to start with non-comedy just because there's so much, it goes back so many series now. And, uh, I just, anytime I need to watch something and be entertained for 45 minutes, I just pop on Zonder and Richard Osmond and I watch some pointless. So pointless is my one, uh, my two, if you, I, it's so funny because I don't know if you can really call these game shows, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and, I guess you know what this is how we'll do it. Countdown slash Cats does countdown because if it wasn't Cat, for Countdown, Cats, uh, has eclipsed the original for me. But it's it's very pick. true. But I got a I got a nod. I got a head nod to the original. You know, uh, shout out to the OG Carol Vorderman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I prefer Joe Wilkinson in that ever. role. But I'll tell you, I mean, I I just. Uh, Cats Does Countdown is just special for me. I think it's so, so brilliant. And I've been introduced to so many comedians in that dictionary corner chair that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. One of them was Alex Horn in the horn section, so I discovered Taskmaster. So that's three. I don't know if you want to call it a game show. I call it a game show. But uh, so pointless Cats Does Countdown, Taskmaster, um, 
I love OC, but they don't give out any prizes or money, so I don't know if I can really call Only Connect a game show. It's it's more of a, uh, hey, you want to feel stupid? You want to feel stupid for half an hour? We're going to write a bunch of stuff that goes over your head. And, hey, Colin, if you get two in the course of a show and you go home feeling like, like king shit, <laughs> then go ahead. You know... <laughs> It sets the tone when when the when the categories are hieroglyphics. I'm telling you right now. Other Americans, if you don't know what I'm talking about about right now and you want to feel as dumb as you've ever felt in your life, go try to do a connecting wall. Play along with oh, a connecting the wall best. and only connect. The connecting walls are the best. So stupid. So stupid. Um, but I could go I could go so many different ways. Uh, with the last one, I could I could just uh, you know what? Just because it's so rare that they do them and it's so special that they do them, I love the big fat quiz. I love the yeah. big fat quiz just because it's such. A, I'm I'm a big I'm big on like on year of be, year uh, year end best of lists and big on trivia. So you put them together, and that's my four. And I know that there there are Brits right now. They're screaming screaming mad that I'm not talking about like the classics, but I can only talk about what really has gotten me into things. Again, and uh, that's my four. Yeah. And I mean, look, I, I didn't go, would I lie to you or mock the week or anything like that? I think they're great, but to me more panel shows than game shows. So I tried to stay true to what the, uh, what the topic was a little bit, but those are my four. Great picks. Great four. Great picks. Yep. Yeah. Um, I would count uh, only connect as a as a, a mm-hmm. game show, uh, so it's definitely going on my my half of our Mount Rushmore. So that'll be my first pick. I I, I adore Victoria Corrin Mitchell. Oh, you um, and me both. She's you just so sardonic. I love how oh. how just witty she is, and that connecting wall. Even um, Mrs. Mags, who's not a big fan of of game shows and stuff like that, she loves doing the connect the connected wall. So that's definitely got to be on ours. Yeah. Uh, she won the poker million, didn't she? Yeah, she's badass at poker. Yeah. literally, like literally badass. Yeah, and she's married to Debbie Mitchell, who's one of the funniest wanna, people in the world. If you, if you want proof that God exists, uh, she's married to David Mitchell. Exactly, <laughs> it's just hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Nothing against David Mitchell. I think David Mitchell is is very funny and very witty but you know for He's guys punchy. like us for for beardo for beardo nerds like us just to be like <laughs> oh oh victoria Warren mitchell okay okay he's, he's punching way above his weight way above <laughs> <laughs> so is john no, no you know what no i love john richardson i won't say a word against john richardson will not say a word against that man he is my spirit animal John Richardson, if you his, happen to like his wife is adorable. I absolutely adore God. John Richardson's did wife. You, did you watch the latest Cats Does Countdown? I've not seen it yet. Oh, man. I'm t- let me just tell you right now. It, it involves a sketch where the guy, who, uh, the guy who does the Sean Bean impersonation is over in Dictionary Corner. And it involves a sketch where he actually gets John on his knee, lifts his shirt up, and blows raspberries into his belly. And it is so <laughs> It's so uncomfortable, and wow. and I loved every second of it. John, John, call me. I want to be your friend. It <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't seem to be the kind of person who has friends. He's just so like downtrodden. Oh, so Paul, what 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 would you be your first pick on our Mount Rushmore? Uh, 
it, it, it's an old one. Go, going for gold. With oh. Henry Kelly. With Henry Kelly. Love going for gold. Used to watch that when I was a kid, like around my, my nan's house. Wow. And just looking back at it, just an incredible concept given the times we're living through now where you'd have a British contestant against a group of European contestants in a quiz in the English language. (laughs) (laughs) And surprise, surprise, the final was always two Brits. (laughs) It's a a great pick, though. I used to love that. That's a a very underappreciated classic. That was great. And Henry Kelly made it. It wouldn't work with anyone but Henry Kelly. No. Exactly. Um, for uh, for my second pick on our Mount Rushmore, I've got to go with one that has probably made me belly laugh the most: the chase. Bradley Walsh oh. is a national treasure. Any question where the answer is Fanny Schmeller just will have me crippled <laughs> every single day. Yeah, just. And you know what's Brad- so funny is they, they again they Americanized the chase and they took all the double entendre out of it. Mm. And that's why I couldn't put it on my four because the U.S. version of the chase has ruined my appetite for the chase completely because everything is just played so straight. Yeah, mm. uh, the cheekiness is gone, mates. It's it's just gone, and I I can't. I, I honestly think Bradley Walsh deserves a natter. He's so so good. <laughs> I've never seen someone who corpses so much. In a show, it's unreal. You just see him at the side, just leaning and just can't hold a laughing. It's it's absolutely brilliant. He's great. I love the chairs. Have you seen Have you seen him on um, Play to the Whistle? Play, what play? Oh, it's, um, it's it's a sports yeah. one with like um, Frank Lampard and uh, and uh, Ramesh Ranganathan's on it. And Brad, Bradley Walsh, one of the team captains, he's really good on it. I've, I've seen uh, a show where he goes on uh, adventures with his with his son. Yeah, his son's nearly killed him like three or four times. <laughs> um, I, so I agree. What... A knighthood for Bradley Walsh. Why not? Yeah, mm. absolutely, Sir yeah. Bradley. Um, so, what will be your last pick, Paul, on on our Mount Rushmore? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow kind of Colin's lead a little bit here and go for not it's not really a quiz show, but more a panel show. But it's got to be Shooting Stars. Oh, wow! Nearly Vic and Bob are my heroes. Uh, <laughs> And really shooting, shooting stars are just amazing. Just who questions your, like, just like naming here. Who were your favourite captains on it though? Because they were oh. slight, very defined eras of that show. Yeah. And Lamar and Ulrika. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. And then with uh, with George Dawes as as like the the third man. Absolutely yep. perfect. Mm. Yeah. George Dawes's songs. Yeah, that baked <laughs> potato. Baked potato and peanuts. <laughs> what a song. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. So, guys, let's get into this main topic. Um, Unfortunately, Justin from the, the worst wrestling podcast in the world has dumped on us with this horrific, horrific topic. Uh, he wanted to hear about the Mount Rushmore 
of wrestlers who wore denim. Um, so unfortunately, that's what we've been that's what we've been bummed out with. Uh, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> Colin, start us off with your first pick. Oh, I'm sorry. I was I was in a. Uh... I, 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 I had a stroke for a minute. That was. <laughs> I thought you said denim and wrestling. I thought I was like that can't be that can't be what we're talking about on a podcast, is it? But no, I, I was... <laughs> unfortunately so. This nah. will get the numbers. This will definitely God. get All the right. numbers. All right. So look, I mean, let's just get it out of the way. You got to start with Jorts McGorts, don't you? You got to start with John Cena. You got to start with the yeah. man who made jean shorts relatively cool again. I guess. I guess, but you got to start with John. I mean, and this is kind of a, you know what, John, you didn't make my Mount Rushmore of pro wrestlers, but you made my denim Mount Rushmore. That counts for something, right? <laughs> it's, it's almost as good. You know, you I'm so glad, I'll say too, I'm so glad that John has had this moment where with the, the Firefly Funhouse match and, and all this stuff, people have really looked back and finally admitted that he's good. And just finally admitted universally that John is good because he is. And I think that's the last bit that kind of was missing. But, um, man, John Cena is just so good. He really is. And if if you're good enough that Vince McMahon lets you wrestle your whole career in denim shorts, then you're really good. That is a fair point. Uh, We've always kind of looked at John Cena in the same kind of mold as we've looked at uh, Brock Lesnar, where Mm. right now he's getting a lot of grief. Over the last few years, he's got a lot of grief. But when he finally does retire, we'll miss him as a wrestler. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, it's just... You look at how many guys have stood across the ring from Cena and people go, oh, my God, they're legends and Edge and Randy Orton and AJ Styles. And 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 at some point you have to be like, well, the guy the guy across the ring from him can't be too shit either. Right. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, these matches are all great. I mean, you look back at that U.S. Uh, U.S. title open challenge and the matches with Kevin Owens and and uh, and Cesaro, especially you're just like this guy is a good to go good to great pro wrestler. Absolutely. You know, outstanding entertainer, but really a good pro wrestler and probably the best wrestler to ever wear denim. So seen as my number one. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it, it makes sense. Uh, Paul, what's our first? What's our, right. Okay. You ready? Yep. <laughs> it's going to be John Cena. No, I'm, I'm obviously cheating straight off the bat. Because Yep, because I'm going for five people as a, as our first entry. Oh, okay. I thought it was. I thought you were cheating because I can see the reflection of Google in your glasses. I can. No. <laughs> Before Paul gets into his topic, right, we were on another. We were on another podcast, the Five Nerds podcast, and it was a quiz show. And Paul left the call, left the Skype call to go and Google answers, then came back and got the point for cheating and go, going to Google the answers. Yeah. That's not true. Absolutely not true. true. And I lost. I came second because of that. You okay. lost because I answered the final bumper question. Listen, <laughs> that, that's also listen. Bad. I'm gonna channel my uh, my inner Brit, which is not that well formed. But uh, Paul, absolute fucking legend, mate. <laughs> oh, no, that's a cheater. So absolute was, legend, uh, mate. Who are your five people, Paul? Nobody needs an inner Brit, do they? That's a that's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> right, so my, my first five legends, 
I've, I've, I've kind of misread the subject as well. Not misread it. I know it's Shock. like denim, but <laughs> I thought it was like, like denim moments, like moments that featured great denim. Oh, I almost did it that way. Don't worry about it. Good. Okay, there you go. We're yeah. fine then. So this, so 1996 was really full of denim, right? Oh. <laughs> A great what? year for denim. <laughs> was it? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to, focus on one feud featuring five people and i'll start with with um with dennis knight joining the wwf and and forming the godwins with his brother henry godwin sporting um wonderful denim um cousin cousin was it It was his cousin cousin do you know what their um, initials spelt pig and hog pig and hog because they were not because it's my first pick Have you gone for all five like I've gone? I I, I don't know the five. I've got three. I'm corpsing real hard because I don't know know exactly what feud he's going for. And I'm marking out over here right now. It's so good. Are Uh, you talking about the the smoking guns feud? Yeah. Well, well, don't ruin my my speech. I'm prepared for this. Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. (laughs) I let it out. out. (laughs) The one time Paul gets to shout out Bart Gunn on this podcast and you're going to trample all over (laughs) You're, you're for the slot bucket, you are. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to get you. <laughs> so the Godwins uh, debuted WF and almost immediately found themselves in a tag team tournament, um, culminating in the final, which they reached at WrestleMania 12, um, losing to the Body Donners, who were, of course, managed by Sonny. Correct. Um, but... Uh, Phineas Godwin's infatuation with Sonny kind of kept the Godwins locked in a feud with body, the body Donna's throat in 1996. And ultimately, they defeated them for the titles and, crucially, for Sonny's services as well, because Sonny was a bit of a title chaser back then. And uh, to sign up to her OnlyFans for $9.99. Not a lot of denim on that, I'm sure. Look at that, 2020, Sonny's still a chaser. <laughs> So here now, this is the point in which we get we go double denim mm-hmm. because Billy double. Gunn recovers from his injury that kind of prompted the title tournament to begin with, and uh, the Smoking Guns come back and they beat the Godwins at In Your House Eight for the titles, and again crucially for Sunny's services. So um, we've got the we've got the denim um, dungarees of the Godwins. We've got the denim. Uh, jeans of the smoking guns, denim everywhere, and then Sonny obviously tops it off with a fantastic pair of denim shorts. Just denim everywhere. Nineteen ninety six. I'm putting nineteen ninety six up as our first pick. It's a great pick, and you could have even added more denim because they were managed for a while by Hillbilly Jim, who was uh, who wore denim, and then Uncle Cletus wore denim, and, and Hillbilly then- Jim. Is the second guy on my denim Mount Rushmore? <laughs> there we go. Look at what that. a segue. Segue. Hillbilly Jim, because he did not just go denim, gentlemen. He went neck to ankle denim. Don't agree, denim. Not if you're going to do denim, you do denim. Neck to ankle denim, nothing else. I don't even think that man wore underwear underneath. I think he just went denim. <laughs> I like to think. I like to think. Brave move. I like to think that Hillbilly Jim freeballed under the overalls, gentlemen. I like to think so. Um, I don't know why I like to think so. Maybe I should rephrase phrasing. No, I don't care. Hillbilly Jim uh, made overalls cool and awful at the same time, and I'm here for it. Um, 
following in the great legacy of people lampooning large people from the south of America, like uh, like Haystacks Calhoun <laughs> and the Godwins. But they're oh my God, Hillbilly Jim walked so the Godwins could run. I think Absolutely. so. Well, I like Hillbilly that. Jim, accidental segue from you, Mags, but Hillbilly Jim was right next to John Cena on the only Mount Rushmore they will ever be on together. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that it's sad because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a great second pick. Um, I I counted uh, Hillbilly Jim in my in my group with uh, the Godwins, and obviously Paul's taken that pick, so yeah. I'll have to go to my second choice. Um, and I'm going to go for for one that's kind of buttering up the electorate, uh, as Paul likes to say. I'm going to go with Warhorse. <laughs> my guy. Exactly. So, my guy. A little bit of backstory uh, in, into Warhorse. Obviously, uh, Colin, you'll know this, but uh, basically, he's, the guy's had seven years of wrestling experience. Uh, he debuted in around March 2013 as uh, as Jake Parnell. Uh, but this last year has been absolutely amazing for the guy. Um, he's gone through quite a few pseudonyms in his time, uh, wrestled under his own name, then Jackie Lee Bosch, uh, Brad Fox, and Little Viking. Uh, but it's definitely as the, the heavy rocker, ass-kicker, war horse that uh, indie wrestling has taken him to their hearts. Um, comes to the ring rocking out, and he wears a trademark cut-off denim jacket. Mm. Um, he had a he had a starring role in the in the Synergy Garden State Invitational where he made the semi-finals. Um, he unfortunately lost to Homicide, uh, but that uh, I, that's when he started really leaning into the character of Warhorse. Uh, picked up the the title at Black Label Pro uh, at the uh, the Turbo Grab 16 tournament. I think he beat Eric Eric Stevens in the final of that, uh, and then he's won the RWTV. Uh, independent wrestling title championship that he still holds now, uh, which uh, at the time of recording is nearly a year that he's, he's reigned as that champion. Uh, and he's definitely the epitome of uh, what we call a fighting champion. He's defended that title all over, uh, at Paradigm, beyond, and even back in Synergy, uh, <laughs> where he had his own Synergy-branded show, uh, War sure Horses, Big Bad Bitching Christmas. Uh, and then he had a an amazing two out three falls at the 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 very recent uh, show for the first responders. Um, so as we've we've not only the indie scene uh, getting behind him, we've also kind of uh, witnessed uh, one of the best bromancers in uh, in wrestling since Austin and Vince McMahon with Warhausen, uh, a friendship that he has uh, he has gained with uh, Danhausen, uh, who is incredibly nice but also incredibly evil. Um, and the groundswell beyond Warhorse has led to arguably the biggest match of his career, where he was on uh, AEW Dynamite and he challenged Corner for the for the TNT title. So the future is definitely bright. It's definitely denim, and it's definitely Warhorse. Yeah, it's only the biggest match so far. Mm. He's got bigger matches to come. Definitely. He does. He absolutely does. And no and doubt. and when I was. Um, um, looking up for the picks seven years of wrestling experience seven years and look at how 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 amazing that kid is is what's he gonna be like in another seven years yeah it's exactly uh just an uh, it's a it's an upward trajectory and it's 
it's cool to have known uh, Warhorse before he was Warhorse a little bit and just kind of watch it evolve. And I feel the same way about just kind of being around to see uh, Anthony Green discover Retro AG or Kyle the Beast discover KTB or just... And that's the thing that I think independent wrestling offers is you get to watch people really discover what it is that's going to make them. And Warhorse was always kind of part of who Jake was. And to see him just fully lean in and to kind of be a very small 1% sliver of it has just been such a really cool experience. Yeah, I can I can totally see that. <clears throat> so let's go back to you, Colin, for your, for your third pick. I'm surprised we didn't segue into another one then. No, I mean, look, I, I have kept it relatively tv for this four, um, I'm gonna go with uh, gonna go with Raven. I'm gonna go with Raven, the uh, the classic Cobain looking guy with the the flannel wrapped around the uh, the the waist and the long shredded jeans. And it's a look that whether he went from ECW to WCW to WWE, never shed the look. And kind of that that moment to me where. He created Raven's flock and all these people kind of, for lack of a better word, flocked to him and they all adopted his look, whether it be Kidman or Sick Boy or, or all these guys. Uh, just a cool, cool presentation with somebody that you kind of, you looked at and whether you cheered him or you booed him secretly, you're like, I kind of want to dress like that guy. Could I pull that off? Could I... Could I do that? He's like the kid who forgot that it wasn't 1993 in Seattle and he just stayed there. And it's such a cool look for him and it worked and it still works. If you see him out doing his thing, it's kind of classic. So Raven makes my denim for. It's a great pick. And there's not many, not many wrestlers who can say they, they touch on a, on a movement as much as, as, as Raven did. Like I said, with all that grunge and that Seattle, he was kind of like the voice of that, that kind of era. Uh, mm-hmm. Weird to see him like that. And then remember him being Johnny Polo, where he was a, oh. he was a, a fake golfer in, in, uh, in the, the WBF. So yeah, absolutely great pick. Very good pick. Fake can, yeah, fake Canadian golfer, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> which is just the weirdest thing. Was it back to Paul? Paul for pick three? Yeah, I've got no segue, unfortunately, so I'm just going to go in. Um, when, when I read about the topic, or when I saw the te- topic as denim, for some reason, this one came straight into my head, um, and I kind of discounted it, and then I thought, actually, I must have thought of that for a reason. I hear denim, I thought at this moment, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. I'll take you back to uh, May, May 2001. We were in the midst of the McMahon-Helmsley era. We were in the midst of the two-man power trip. Um, Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin held all the gold. Austin with the world title that he'd won at WrestleMania 17. Triple H from the Intercontinental title he'd won from Jeff Hardy. And then the tag titles that they won from the Brothers of Destruction. But then the next night, obviously, the two-man power trip was brought to a jarring halt. Um, as they defended the title against Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit. Um, And obviously, famously, during the match, Triple H agonizingly kind of tore his quadricep clean off the bone, apparently. Um, Mm -hmm. Triple H, being an absolute hard bastard he is, continued the match, (laughs) took all walls of Jericho, finished finished the match. Um, But obviously, um, 
which ended in Jericho and Benoit winning the titles, but Triple H on the shelf for eight months. So fast forward, January 7th, 2002, uh, Monday Night Raw at Madison Square Garden. And it's time to play the game. And Triple H comes out, super cool denim jacket, proper motorhead style. Um, like Warhorse style, I guess, we, we could say, you know. <laughs> um, he returned, you know, remembering when he left, he was probably the biggest villain in the company. And he comes back out and uh, just receives like the most rapturous applause, kind of pr- probably one of the only times he's received that applause in his career. Um, uh, and I mean, Triple H is one of my one of my favorites throughout the years. And kind of it's, it's that moment I think he deserved as a wrestler um, to have the crowd cheer him like that. And I think he, he, he didn't get that applause in, at any other time during his career because he was just such a damn good heel. Mm-hmm. Um you just love to hate him. So, um, yeah, Triple H come out. He was back. Obviously, that moment was gate crashed by Kurt, Hang- Kurt Angle, who uh, earned himself a denim-clad ass-kicking. And uh, Triple H returned. He won the Royal Rumble. He beat Chris Jericho for the undisputed title at WrestleMania 18. And that's when we start seeing the real game, I think. But, yeah, as soon as we talked about denim, for some reason, I thought of Triple H coming out in that moment with his jacket on. Yeah, I, I can't fault it. It's an absolutely great pick, and I think that's probably my favorite iteration of Triple H. Yeah, definitely. The uh, the denim with the leather jacket on, with the denim vest over the leather jacket, with the leather panel on the back of the denim jacket. It's mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, it it's is absolutely Ab- perfect. It's a great pick. Uh, yeah. So I won't be featuring you this week, Paul. Unfortunately. Wow, I've survived. Yeah. You've survived. I never um, thought when I wrote down the Godwin smoking guns and Sunny that I was going to survive a veto this week. I mean, but- I could veto you. My, I've, I've got uh, a pick that I definitely want to bring forward, so I'm not going to use that. But I could throw in uh, John Cena, definitely. I could even throw in the return of the um, the American Badass Undertaker when he came back uh, to, to help The Rock. Yeah, quick uh, Denny moment. Yeah. Um, but no... Triple H definitely deserves to to be on there. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll let it slide for this week. Uh, so back to you, Colin, for for your final pick. Mm, so this one was tough for me, and just in case, just in case, I'm going to step on your toes with any of my picks. I'm going to save my honorable mentions until after you give your fourth. Um, just for moments that I thought were uh, were really cool, like denim moments, much like Paul said. Uh, but I'm going, I'm going our uh, truth for my fourth because it's a little bit of a different denim look. It is the yeah. black denim, the black, the black kind of flare out denim, airbrushed, painted. It's a very different take on the classic denim that you see in pro wrestling, and it's worked for him for so long. Our truth is pushing, I think, ninety two years old. And he's a <laughs> 183 time 24 7 365 i95 champion uh and he's just such a gem and it's one of those guys that you know you look at and he's kind of kept a very consistent look over the last 10 years 15 years and you know what you're getting with our truth and it's always entertaining and it's very reliable and anybody who can make Brock Lesnar corpse on live television is somebody that is very, very entertaining. But he's always had that very classic, 
wide leg black denim with kind of the that looks like it's been tagged by a graffiti artist. It's very cool. Uh, it's always kind of been his iconic look. So there you go. Our truth rounds out my four. Great pick. Um, and you talk about him making people corpse uh, on the the latest episode of Raw Talk with uh, he was on it with Shayna Baszler. And they, were talk, <laughs> they were talking about fish, and she tries so hard not to laugh at him. And then the camera cuts to Kathy Keller, and she's just absolutely creased in off because he's just he's just hilarious, absolutely hilarious. His comic timing is just absolutely beautiful. Mm. And his pretty ability to deliver this ridiculous stuff deadpan mm-hmm. is um, like he's never cracked a smile. Like he he's he has to know how funny his stuff is. Mm-hmm. When he cut when he came out for uh, to announce to cut the money in the bank promo for the money in the bank match he was not in, and he came out with the ladder and climbed to the top of the ladder and sat on it on the top of the stage, and they had to yell at him that he wasn't in the match. And he just said, oh, my bad. And just left. I mean, he oh, had to know. Or when he announced know. himself for the Royal Rumble, when he thought Paul Herman was in it, and then he found <laughs> out it was Brock Lesnar, so then he uh, he re- re- denounced himself. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's 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 an absolute star. And another kind of wrestler that goes under the radar, but once he once he don't do it anymore, you, mm. the wrestling world will be a little bit darker. Definitely, I'm surprised he didn't make it um, to kind of the jump to Hollywood or TV or something. Because he, he, like you say, his comic timing and and everything about him is just spot on. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't been nabbed from WWE. Yeah, exactly. But I think him and Vince are really, like, really close. Um, so he's the kind of guy that Vince probably wants to keep around. Yeah. So let's go to my final pick. And these, I've got two reasons why I've got this pick. One is because Black Paul's... Uh, pick uh, with uh, Triple H when I thought about Denim it was this very pick uh, but two, uh, Paul's had a bit of a vendetta against this person uh, he's vetoed him off uh, our Mount Rushmore's uh, at least once, maybe even a couple of times, so I'm going for the British Bulldog Ah. <laughs> now obviously we all remember the British Bulldog uh, wearing the the Union Jack um, tarts and the flowing uh, Union Jack in the background with all the tassels. But there was a there was a stint after he came back to WWE in, in the late 90s where he he wanted to look real. I think uh, he'd, he'd spoken with Vince and Vince said, we're kind of moving into this attitude era where everything's going to be uh, focused on reality. Uh, let's see what you can do. And he, he switched up to wrestling in denim jeans and work boots. Uh, and with this kind of new ring attire came a, a focus bulldog who uh, really wanted to win the world title. He's arguably one of the, the best wrestlers to have never won the world title. Um, he uh, quickly took the hardcore title uh, after making his re-debut when he beat Bossman. And then he forfeited that title almost instantly uh, in a storyline that has become a firm favourite of Badlands uh, when Al Snow had been driven mad by Bossman. For, for dog napping and cooking and feeding Pepper the Chihuahua to, to poor Al. Um, definitely a top three story. Definitely. Um, so then Smith turned heel in pursuit of uh, the world title, uh, where he actually was involved in the main event of Unforgiven 1999. He lost in the, the six-pack challenge for the vacant title, uh, which was won by Triple H. Uh, and then Bulldog would uh, start a bit of a feud with The Rock, 
because he interfered in the Rock's title match on the next night of Raw, uh, which this earned him uh, a title match on on the SmackDown uh, three days later. And the Rock was the special guest referee, but he didn't win the title because the Rock decided to walk out on the match, and this kind of enraged the Bulldog. And uh, he helped screw the rock out of his uh, steel cage match at the Rebellion pay-per-view, which was in the UK. And this kind of like started that that rock bulldog feud, which led to a very infamous but also uh, incorrect, uh, incorrectly remembered match, a very kind of Mandela effect match. It's known as the dog poo match. Um, when in in actuality it was that was just something that happened in the match. It wasn't actually set as a dog poo match. Uh, so what happened was um, on the October the eleventh episode of Raw, uh, the running up to the week before No Mercy, uh, Bulldog team with Val Venus to face uh, the Rock and Mankind, which was the first showing of the Rock and Stock connection. Um, but Bulldog and Venus attacked Mankind before the match. Uh, which led to The Rock telling Mankind to go and collect all the dog poop from uh, behind a a fenced-off section of backstage. So we got loads of little vignettes of uh, Mankind with a pooper scooper and Matilda laying a a cable. Um, And he collected them and put them on this slab. Um, So uh, Mankind brings this slab to the ring, and then we get to the close of the match. Mankind chases Val Venus off. Uh, the Rock slid the poo-laden slab into the ring and gave uh, the Bulldog a rock bottom on top of the big pile of shit. Um, he did actually, I don't know how he even won the match because he didn't even pin Bulldog afterwards. He refused after Bulldog rolled over onto his belly and uh, all you could see was just the, the poop on the Bulldog's back. Um <laughs> So this led to a match at No Mercy where the uh, he lost to The Rock and he quickly dropped down the, the rankings. Uh, he eventually picked up the European title, uh, which he won from D-Law uh, and then lost to Valdinas and then he won the hardcore title again, uh, beating Crash Valley and then losing it back to him. And unfortunately, he would leave the company uh, just over a year after he'd been back and then he would pass away in uh, May 2002. But yeah, I'm going to put up the British Bulldog in his uh, in his year wearing denim jeans and work boots. I, it's a good choice. Yeah. Don't I'm not going to be... For a whole year, wasn't it? That was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was na- 1999 into 2000. Don't veto, Paul. You, you, uh, you kind of started to lose me when you mentioned the Bulldog, and then you you've lost me a bit more when you mentioned uh, that you beat Big Boss Man, because as you know, I don't like that. No, I know you don't. But then you brought Pepper in, and I was—you won me round. And then the dog shit story. Um, I'm—you've—you sold me. I'm gonna keep him on. Which is the better boss man angle: feeding Pepper the Chihuahua to Al Snow, or the casket drag with the Big Show? Definitely the casket. Hundred percent the casket. You're talking to a boss man aficionado. This guy lives boss man. (laughs) This man man got shoot. Hung by a noose. <laughs> He's an absolute legend. And then just came back on Raw the next night like nothing happened. <laughs> I, I love it when he absolutely missed his call and, and turned up to the ring like about 10 minutes too late. Oh, God. Oh. <sighs> it's one of those where the hell is Vicky moments, but it's yeah. Boston. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I had a hard time leaving off... Uh, I had a hard time leaving off on the American side uh, 
the intrepid moment where nobody could body slam Yokozuna and in comes on the helicopter made in the USA Lex Luger with the USA flag shirt and the tightest denim jeans you've ever seen in your life. Um, like, I don't know how he didn't split him and give himself a hernia body slamming Yoko in that moment. And I had a very hard time leaving off the real man's man, William Regal. Yes. Very yes. hard time with, leaving off the real man. The hard hat and the, and the, oh. the plaid shirt. God. Yeah. And, uh, I, I DQ'd the Dusty Rhodes Hard Times promo because I couldn't figure out whether that was denim or just material that looked like a denim shirt. I couldn't figure it out. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, uh, I'm a purist, gentlemen. I'm a purist. So <laughs> Either way, you came up with a, with a stellar Mount Rushmore. Brilliant. Mm. I think this was a genius topic. Yeah, I think it was what we, way better than you thought. Yeah, I think what we've learned is when you when you need to take it to the next level, denim. Jeans, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Always. <laughs> so, uh, Colin, uh, what we need from you now is a, mm-hmm. a topic. We need a, a Mount Rushmore, what you'd like to hear from a, from a future guest. Okay. So what I want is top four, obviously – when you think about, we talked about pyro real quick, and I think this is what, when you talk about great pyro, you think of like Batista's machine gun pyro, or you talk about like just Kane's pyro, these legendary pyros, Goldberg's pyro. I want your top four most underrated pyro. Oh, underrated pyro. Underrated. Wow, okay. Just like, I love that pyro moment. I think it's awesome, and nobody ever talks about it as their favorite. So I want your top four underrated entrance pyros. I love that one. Man would be Gilberg. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you right now, this is strictly, strictly based off of, you remember when, uh, God, when Randy Orton first came out with like the, um, the hey! Nothing you could oh, say. The gold waterfall. Showered oh, pyro. That's oh, great. God, that was beautiful. It was the most perfect thing. Um, but yeah, you've got your Kurt Angle pyros and your legendary pyros, but there's got to be like Kofi Kingston, early Randy Orton, like these very cool pyro moments and pyro moments from WCW that people don't remember. Just what's your top four most underrated pyro moments? Shockmaster pyro. Yeah. That was- <laughs> There you go. He's See, falling on his arse. Yeah. <laughs> like Bret Hart would come to the ring and it just fireworks inside. What? Fire Fireworks inside. Okay. Sure. <laughs> it's an absolutely great topic. I love it. Um, tell everybody, uh, Colin, where they can get out of you. Give us a little bit more information about uh, Heat Seekers. Uh, yeah, just let us let us know all that good stuff for the, for the upcoming uh, Synergy Show. Well, the easiest way before I give you a million things that you won't remember, just go to (laughs) SynergyWrestling.com, S-Y-N-E-R-G-Y Wrestling.com, and you can buy tickets if you live in the tri-state area. We have mask rules and limits and what have you, but we can sell some tickets. Uh, And if you want to get the fight stream, you can click the link right there. There's also a list of all the matches that we have announced which will be updated by the time this goes live. There'll be much more matches up. Uh, or you could just hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Synergy Wrestle. Uh, and you can also find the link uh, or just find it by searching Synergy Heat Seekers on Fight TV. Yep. 
Absolutely, um, I'll definitely be uh, be tuning in. Uh, of all, I haven't missed a synergy uh, wrestling show since I, I found out about him, and yeah, it's just great, great fun. So I'll definitely go and check Thank out uh, synergy. Um, Paul, it's your favourite time of the week. It is. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everyone. Um, first off, come and join us. Join us again next week because um, what I've neglected to mention in the episode there is it is heating up between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels on our Mount Rushmore now. Mm-hmm. There's, there's one in it. Shawn leads by one. This this is basically the story of our Rushmore now. I had no idea. <laughs> wow. Okay. Now, be looking to see if uh, if Bret Hart gets any more in, in, in the coming weeks. Is this is this for fourth spot? No, it's nowhere no. near. No. <laughs> about 11. <laughs> Oh, so this is not for this is not to even get on the Mount Rushmore. No, no. our top four is quite solid at the moment. <laughs> We've got Ric Flair running away with it, then The Rock, Steve Austin. You've got a bit of a battle between Hulk Hogan and Undertaker for the fourth spot. Just do the right thing, everybody. Give it to D'Lo and let's walk away. No, we've had no D'Lo love. Sadly, no votes for D'Lo. Give it to give it to Ken Shamrock and walk away. We're fine. Sadly, no votes for Shamrock. <laughs> D'Lo did get one vote on the uh, the best ever European champions. So, yeah, I think I he did... got vetoed off that though. He did get vetoed <laughs> off. Maybe if we oh. do um, best ever um, chess protectors, he oh, might get vetoed off for Myron Reed. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Myron Reed one, D'Lo Brown zero. <laughs> The, f- the thing I loved about D'Lo Brown was he had he had more um, near count or near finishers than any other wrestler I've ever seen. I will tell you right now that if you have a uh, Mount Rushmore for best playable characters in No Mercy for N64, D'Lo is number one and Al Snow is number two. And that nobody else comes close. Yeah, because D'Lo's got so many near finishers. Yeah. Great. <laughs> he's got the leg drop. He's got the, the low down, the... The frogs was the frog splash the low down or yeah, yeah the yeah, sky the high was the, the sky low, high, sky high yeah. loads of two counts Steelo Brown brilliant anyway <laughs> as if that didn't go off on a tangent I'm gonna mute my damn microphone so you can get through your plugs go. that's gonna really throw me off um, <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Twitter let us know your favorite uses of denim your favorite denim moments of all time in wrestling I'm sure there's loads of denim moments we missed out. I love how we've coined the phrase denim moments. Hashtag denim moments. <laughs> um, you can find me at Rain Counter. You can find uh, him at Dej Kirkby. And you can find us both at Badlands Pod. If you want to hear more from Darren, you can hear him, hear him um, talking MMA on Five Rounds Pod. Um, you can hear him talk around the table with uh, with our friends Matt Willis and uh, Comrade. Um you can find both of those on Visionary, Visionaries Global Media. Uh, just type that into your favorite podcast thingy. Oh, he's also got um, Why We Watch, where you'll be talking to uh, Colin in an upcoming episode. Um, you can hear more of me on Five Nerds Go if you follow at Five Nerds Go. Uh, if you fancy listening to some of our older flavor Mount Rushmore's back in the formative days when Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels had no votes and uh, and Undertaker was well in the top four of the Mount Rushmore's. Um, I don't know what he did. Uh, you can find those over on the Smart to Death Network. <laughs> and if you do want to come back next week and and hear all about that thrilling Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels battle, um, you can follow us. Follow, you can... Uh, you, you, oh, shit. 
so I was right close, at the, I was so right at the right at the end. Oh. <laughs> you could subscribe um, at Cheershot Radio Network again on your favorite podcast provider. Follow at Cheershot Media or go to the Cheershot.com for more hard hitting pro wrestling opinion, analysis, news, and more. And as always, stay safe, everybody, and always use your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.